0: The U.S. defense industry is large, complex, and competitive. It is also lucrative for those companies able to navigate it successfully. The American Society of Military Comptrollers helps bridge the gap between the boardroom and the battlefield while supporting transformation in the defense sector. The Business of Defense podcast brings you inside the companies working to achieve this directly from the business leaders and to understand how they create value for their companies and their customers. For more information on ASMC, visit asmconline.org. Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your
1: home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone, welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 278 of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me again this week, the
0: Godfather, Bill Lack. How are you today, Bill? Doing well, doing well. Just got one more stop on my minor league baseball tour. Going to be next week in uh, Jupiter, Florida. Going to see the, uh, the Tortugas. And that'll take me through all of the Reds minor league teams other than the Arizona league and Billings. Well, I want to talk about that for a moment. But first, I got to know, are you celebrating
1: National Chili Dog Day? I am. I, I you know, I've got a, a cheese county right here on my computer. Outstanding. Outstanding. Be careful with that. So uh, I do want to get back. I'm going to make a note because I want to get back to your uh, your tour of the minor leagues because you've had a lot of fun and I bailed out on you at one of the stops, um, and you got really upset with me and called me a few choice names. But we'll get to that later. First, I got to talk about Nixon Zell. You know Nick Zell, right? Nixon Zell left the Reds game on Wednesday after his first at bat. Got a, sh- a sharp single at first at bat in the first inning, and as he got to the bag at first base. Uh, Delano DeShields, first base coach, immediately called for the trainer, uh, and and, uh, very quickly, Senzel left the game. Uh, At some point during the game, the Reds announced he had left the game with an illness, which was terribly uh, non-informative. But uh, after the game, Nick Sinzel says, I'm just ill, I don't feel very good. First pitch I swung at, I just got dizzy. I had to take my time, and it didn't get any better. And so we see here feeling dizzy, and of course, what does everyone Go-to, which is the issues that Nixon's has had with vertigo. Now, we don't have any kind of a diagnosis. This was vertigo again,
0: but... They we're not doctors, and we don't play any on television.
1: Exactly, but on a... It's concerning. It is. It's, a, it's, it's really concerning, and I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but it's uh, since with having such a really, in my eyes... Maybe spectacular saying too much, but a really, really solid rookie season. Uh, you just, yeah. Him. I mean, he,
0: he's not going to be in the in the hunt for any of the rookie of the year stuff, but he he's done a, a fine job, especially when you consider he's playing a position he's never played before.
1: He's been one of the better hitters on the team. He's been reliable. He's just he's played like a veteran, really, which he ha- should have been up in the major leagues about seven years ago. So really, he is a veteran, <laughs> but. He doesn't give them any bad at bats. That's what I've loved about him since the ver- you know, he saw 15 pitches in his first two at bats in the big leagues. And I said, Oh, this guy, yeah, he's, he's the real deal. And that, and you're right. He's, uh, he the same way Jesse Winker, uh, Joey Votto over the years, you know, we've kind of enjoyed watching. You go up there and you really have an idea at the plate. And that's been Sinzel. Now, the, the vertigo stuff, everyone constantly wants to say, Oh, we can't count on Sinzel because of the vertigo stuff. And I'm like, Well, okay, maybe not, but, there's no way to gauge that it could never come again, or it could be a recurring thing that ends his career. Uh, you know, the, 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 the stories last time around was that it's a, you know, it's a minor, he doesn't have the most serious type of vertigo. Vertigo, of course, an inner ear condition.
0: Yeah. He's not, I mean, so far there's no reason to believe he's going to be like Nick Asosky. Oh, you see, I, I knew you were going to go
1: there. Um, but, uh, whose career was ended by vertigo. Yes, it was. Uh, and, uh, and we're nowhere near that being that being the case. But it's it just, you hate to, hopefully it's nothing. You know, maybe he was just dehydrated or something. And, you know, maybe it was just a, or he's got a stomach bug. I, you know, I don't know what it is. But uh, it, you hate to see it. Let me ask you this. We have a, a viewer mail question that we'll go ahead and toss in. This one comes from uh, Twitter.com. Ian Bartholomew. At END Bartholomew on Twitter asks: Are Senzel's vertigo issues now a legitimate concern or threat to his career? After he left yesterday's game with dizziness,
0: what do you think? I, concern, yeah. Threat to his career? God, no. I mean, at, le- at least oh, yeah. not at, this, at least not as far as we know. I mean, let's not jump. Let's not get too far out over our skis here. Yeah, I mean, if it's if
1: it's serious, then no, but maybe you know. I think that we're, I'm going to have to have someone. With a lot more, uh, a lot better medical degree than mine, and I got my medical de- degree at Hollywood Upstairs Medical College, so I'm going to need a real doctor to, uh, you know, tell me that this is actually a threat to his career. Is it a concern? Yes, absolutely. And I mean, you know, uh, I, I don't want to. I'm not going to be one of these guys that's you know uh, ready to jump off the ledge just yet because I do uh, think that Sinzel is a huge part of the, this team having a chance of being competitive in the next few years. So, but I am concerned. I mean, why wouldn't you be, given that he's had these problems in the past,
0: right? And 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 they, you know, they, they took out part of of his season, right, right. Thus far, all we've seen is, you know, is this, the, is this? Am I remembering right? Is this the second time this year that he's had something like this? I don't think he's had it this year before. No,
1: okay, I'm misremembering. He that. missed part of last uh, minor league season, though.
0: Yeah, I, I thought he had an, an occasion earlier this season where he had something flare up like this. Yeah, not that I remember. So, but but anyway, I may, Like I said, I may be misremembering. Well, we'll uh, we're will we going to
1: be keeping an eye on this and updating it as information comes in. We're now, you know, it happened during Wednesday's game. We record this on Thursday. Reds are off on Thursday. There's not been any news, and I don't expect any
0: news, at least until tomorrow. And so... Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, well, I don't know how much it'll tell you whether he's in the lineup or not tomorrow because our manager just plays and doesn't play people (laughs) willy-nilly you're anti-David Bell no I'm not I like David Bell but that doesn't mean I agree it's just like anything you know I like you but that doesn't mean I agree with everything you say do you agree with anything I say Eh, once in a while (laughs) you say you like your wife I like your wife there you
1: wait what um yeah yeah okay I'm with you on that so let's go ahead and just dig into what you're what you're referring to instead of pushing it later down since I had it a little bit lower on my list, but let's get into it. Eugenio Suarez is destroying the baseball lately. He's good, right? I mean can we agree on that that Eugenio a, Suarez is good? He's a
0: pretty good player. Yeah. And uh In fact, he's their top position player in cor- in terms of war.
1: Uh, other than Dietrich, I guess, but he's played a lot he's played more than Dietrich. A lot more. more
0: according pay. according to Baseball Reference, Suarez is a one point eight. Dietrich is a one point seven. Oh, by Winslow replacement. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, absolutely. Um, hey, listen. I love me some Eugenio Suarez. I am a fully paid member of the Eugenio Suarez fan club. He's,
0: yep. His
1: per is just a personality. You know, uh, he, he, the post game interview he did the other day after hitting that home run that gave him the the, the lead in the ninth inning. You know, he just a he just seems like a fun guy to, to.
0: Well, the thing we did with Jim Day the other day after he hit the. Oh uh-huh.
1: yes, the one in the dugout where he like uh, look, yeah. or when where he got the mic, yeah, with well, the one where he says, uh, "I like it every time he talks to Jim Day. Are you having a good day, Jim Day? <laughs> I love it, I love it." So, um, so Suarez hits three home runs and three consecutive at bats over two games. Yep, and uh, and you are upset over the fact that he sat the next day. Yep, David Bell benched him. Said it was a regularly scheduled off day and uh and
0: and this is the second time this year where i've had this same issue with bell and it wasn't i think if i remember right it was puig the last time puig had a big game or a couple of big games and then sat on, on the next day and and this is a this is a divisional game that he sat him in you know they almost count for twice as much do they i'm not quite sure that's true well it's a win for you and a loss for them or vice versa we should so get it two, does when you're, try, when you're trying to climb over them. We should get two wins. If it's well, a, there you go. But anyway. Extra points like they do in hockey and, <laughs> you know.
1: So, so you're like, uh, your, your objection is not that Suarez needs rest occasionally. It's that, you know, if he's hitting, seeing the ball well, hitting well, what's the point in, in you know, give him a day off some other time. Is right. That, am I reading you
0: exactly. right? Exactly. Well, you're it, wrong. It, it, you know, you're going to hit me with what Van Meter did in his place. <laughs> well, and he, I'm going to say Van Meter could have played somewhere else that night. And like then you'd have two really hot bats in the lineup. Can I
1: say that I look, really like uh, Josh Van Meter as well? I like that kid. Do you think he's got a future here? I think he could be a, this team's second baseman next year. I, you know, I want him to go out and get some all-star second baseman. But I'm probably not going to complain if it's him. I think I've seen enough to know that. His swing is the real deal.
0: Well, he got good AAA numbers. I mean, he hasn't done a whole lot since he came up. The last couple of ball games he has. but he hasn't had a whole lot of opportunities.
1: No, he's got seventy plate appearances. You know, he's hitting two sixty-seven,
0: three seventy-one on base. Yeah, many, wow! I, I would never have guessed he had seventy plate appearances.
1: Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to hard to believe. He's walked eight times. You know, he's got a good good eye up there. I don't know. I, I like Justin. And of course, he hit. Uh, what did he, he almost had a a uh, Hit for the cycle, replacing Eugenio Suarez. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, the hot hand, how, how much is that a, a, an actual thing? I don't know. I don't have a problem with guys getting rest. I think they've got to have rest. I think we've learned a lot from the NBA over the last few years about what the NBA calls load management. It's a long season. You've got to try to keep these guys healthy. Uh, you have to get guys like Van Meter in occasionally. Um, I, I want to argue with you about the Suarez thing, but I, I, I kind of agree. You know, he's, he's swinging the ball so well. He's really one of the few that
0: is carrying yeah, if the you team. you to sit somebody, sit them while they're struggling. I mean, and everybody goes through a, a a period of time where you're struggling. Well, sit them when they're struggling, not when they're not. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense to me. You know, that's what my uh, my old coaches back in the,
1: when I used to play, that was their theory was uh, sit him while he's struggling, which means that uh, I always sat. <laughs> it was not fair. Why, why? couldn't the guy ahead of me on the depth chart get a, a load management day every once in a while? Uh,
0: so I don't know, but but load management day sounds like he's cleaning out somebody's diaper or
1: something. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> Yikes! We took the boy to see uh, to see a, a basketball game, an NBA game. Wanted to see. Uh, he was a big LeBron James fan at the time. LeBron and Kyrie, you know, with the Cavs. And uh, and Kyrie sat that night. So only NBA game we well, we take him to those. But that's the only time he'd gotten to see LeBron play. And he really wanted to see Kyrie too. And and with no notice, the Kyrie just sits. They say it's a load management day. So he's got his own
0: Wayne Krinchicki story.
1: Per, well, fortunately, LeBron was his favorite player, so you know he got to see him. But uh, yeah, it's it's similar to the Wayne Krinchicki story. Absolutely, oh, Wayne Krinchicki. rest in peace. So uh, other news going on with the Reds. Now some interesting news just as we uh, come on the air here. So all of you will have already heard this probably by now, but left-handed pitcher Alex Wood, acquired in the Who's offseason, that? exactly, acquired <laughs> in the trade with the Dodgers this offseason is going to make his Reds debut this weekend against Colorado. How excited are we for Alex Wood? I'm
0: man, I'm a seven, you know. I, I I'm interested to see what he what he does. I, I'm also interested to see how long he can go. Of course, you know, red starters typically are, not you know, gone to the third line the lineup. If we can get him through the lineup twice, I'll be real happy with that.
1: I think he went six in his last game in uh, his last rehab starting triple A. So yeah, he stretched out enough. Um I'm just gonna be interested to see if he can be the Alex Wood that he's been
0: over the course of his career. I thought he, tra- I thought he was in double A the other night when he when he did his rehab.
1: Okay, come on, man. Don't stop stop All harassing right. me. Don't, don't
0: don't get
1: in the way, don't let facts get in the way of a good story exactly man you're harshing my mellow anyway uh alex Wood, people i don't think people realize i, I have been on the record saying i think he's the most talented player the Reds acquired this offseason. we've not seen it yet because he's been out with back issues all year but uh, the last two years he has uh almost six wins above replacement uh total in the last two years and that's you know uh that's up there with like Dallas Keuchel. i mean you know it's a it's a pretty good it's a pretty good, uh, there's you know, not very many pitchers that have more in uh, baseball the last two years. Uh, just two years ago, 16-3, 2.72 ERA, an all-star. I don't know. Alex Wood is a legitimate good pitcher. I have said I hope that the Reds can, that he can stay healthy and the Reds can figure out some way to keep him around because I love having him w- along with Gray and Castillo at the top of this rotation. I think it's a dynamite top three if Wood is healthy. So I'm going to be watching with great interest on Sunday as he pitches against the Rockies. Um, Now, the the Reds, uh, and that game is in Cincinnati, so not at at Colorado. The Reds have announced their updated pitching rotation. Luis Castillo, Anthony Sclafani, Alex Wood, Sonny Gray, Tanner Roark. That uh, leaves the Lucas Sims slash Tyler Malley, who's on the uh, injured list, leaves them out in the cold. Be interested to see what happens when Tyler Malley gets back. What do you think? What's going to happen?
0: I. I honestly have no clue. Uh, some, I, don't I mean, somebody's going to go to the bullpen and somebody's going to go down. But uh, I have, you know, I don't have a clue. Uh,
1: you know, I don't. I don't know what you do. Uh, you know, this these last eight starts has been outstanding, and his season numbers are starting to look awfully good for a guy who's essentially a fourth or fifth starter. Five and five with an above average ERA for the league, four point one two. You know, uh, he's been great lately. I don't know what you do either. So uh, this is one of those I mean, where. He's,
0: he's, headed, he's headed towards a two-war year. I mean. Yeah, out of your four That's or five-star. Yeah.
1: No, it's it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll take what he's given us uh, for what he's, you know, where he is and what he, what's expected of him. Absolutely. And and been relatively healthy for the first time in uh, forever. And, and he's pitching not, you know, he's not a one or a two guy, but he's pitching well enough. Uh, very pleased with what we've gotten from Anthony Di Sclafani. Tyler Malley is one of the you know he's one of the future pieces of this rotation. Do you send him down? Do you move him to the bullpen? You know I don't know. It, and this this may be one of these situations where I was always uh, cautioned. you know if you have if you have ten problems rolling down the street at you, just wait. Nine of them are going to roll into the ditch and you do not even gonna have to worry about them. Uh, this is one where okay it seems like a problem right now let's wait. Things have a way of working. Somebody else might get hurt. You never know. So, but uh, it's going to be good to see Alex Wood back. Now, what are you expecting from Alex Wood the rest of the season? Or do you have any expectations?
0: I, I mean, it's been so long waiting that I really don't have any expectations. I'm just looking to see, you know, and, and from his perspective, he's trying to build his you know, his credibility for what he's going to be able to get in the offseason. Yeah. Because you know, right now his value is pretty nil. It is. It is. Uh, so, so, you know, like I said, as I said earlier, if, if we, if on Sunday, if we, if he can get through the rotation or through the order twice and get him into the fifth or sixth inning, I think that's a huge day for Alex Wood. I,
1: if he can, yeah, I agree with that. If he can stay healthy the rest of the season, I think he's uh, one of the top three pitchers on this team, and I think he makes this team even better. I think he, he really improves this team if he is healthy the rest of the way. It's a big if, okay. not counting on it. And I'm, I'm just hopeful that he stays healthy and he's as good as I think he'll be. And he's going to be afraid to test the free agent market is what I'm hoping based on the injury and all that, and that the Reds can can get him signed. I'd sign him to a three-year extension, three, four years right now. No questions asked.
0: It's, it's, it's funny. You're talking about our pitching. And I, and I was just looking at, at baseball references. Five of the Reds' top seven players in war are pitchers.
1: Never would have thought that was ever going to be the case.
0: When I I would love to know when, if ever, that's been the case on this team before.
1: Not in recent memory, certainly. Not, not yet. No, that's a fact. So, and and again, that's not even including Alex Wood, right? Who talent wise is you know up there. So
0: he's twenty eight. Also shows the the kind of year that that Castillo, Gray, and Roark are having. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: So, I never would have thought the offense would be the problem, but it has been the problem. And um, just when, and speaking of problems, just when you know, we thought the Reds were dialed in, four and a half games out of first place and starting to look good, they go on a two and eight stretch coming out of the All Star break, and uh, you know, including a couple of brutal losses, one where they were up big, I think seven to nothing, yep, over, over St. Louis, and uh, just. All of a sudden, we're like, "Wait, what happened?
0: We were we were in the mix." Well, you blow a seven and nothing lead, you can't blame the offense that night.
1: <laughs> yeah, offense puts up eleven <laughs> runs. Let's not pin that one. Yeah, so but the pitching has not been the problem most of the year, so I guess we'll have to give them a pass. But. Well,
0: but, but before we move off of the offense though, for a second, you know, you hear a lot of guys talking about the coaches and blah blah blah, and 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 if somebody's head has to, you know, go on the pike after the season, it'll be the hitting coach because it's easier to get rid of one guy than it is to get rid of 25. But is it the hitting coach's fault? Or is it a bunch of guys having bad years? Or is the team changing the way, you know, and and I don't think either one of us had the answer to this question, but so many guys performing below their baseball card numbers all at the same time, almost the whole team. It's it's just, I don't remember, you know, in, in the history of my watching the Reds, I don't remember it ever happened that, you know, being this bad universally.
1: I'm like you. I don't know the answer. I don't know that you can know the answer from the outside. I'm sure they've got some idea uh, in the clubhouse perhaps. I don't know. I don't know if they do or not. You know, everybody, Everyone wants to pin it on Turner Ward, the uh, Reds' new hitting coach. And uh, certainly the offense has not been as good as it was last year with a lot of the same names and some better names. Uh, it, so it's easy to pin it on him. But I, I'm not convinced that it's him. I, I don't know what it is. I, but it's been, it's been the difference between this team being, I, I firmly believe that if the offense had just been what we thought they would be because like the back of their baseball, like we say, and Rosella Iglesias had just been normal Rosella Iglesias. This seems probably in first place right now.
0: I mean, I don't think that's a stretch. I don't either, but, uh, and, and there's no doubt they'd be competitive, but you know, Turner Ward didn't all of a sudden turn into a bad coach. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's had great offenses with the Dodgers,
1: you know, I mean, uh, yeah, I just, I just can't believe that all of a sudden, I I don't know.
0: That... Well, the other thing is the people that are calling for his head. I think they're going to be. I'm assuming he got a multi year deal when he came over here. Oh, sure, yeah, for a lot gonna... of money, he's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. And they're going to be really disappointed because they're not going to they're not going to cut bait on this guy after one year. And I don't know that uh, I don't know that he should go anywhere. I mean, it's, oh, I, it's... I I agree with you. You know, especially if and, and we heard more about this on on the on the pitching side where they, they, for the first time in memory seem to be coming up with an organizational plan of what they want to do, you know? And I'm wondering if, you know, I'm hoping they're doing that on the offense, on the offensive side too, you know, yeah. the kind of guys are going to draft and the kind of things they're going to teach in the minor leagues. Um, you know, a consistent, a, a, yeah, a consistent uh, uh, throughout the system. Exactly. Um, you know, we've, we've had minor league guys on here that we've talked to and, and you know, we've, and a lot of our guys have talked to minor leaguers over the years and, there was never any real consistency to what they were told. And, and, and for that matter, many of them were never told anything to even like work on any offseason, which always flabbergasted me. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, uh, so we'll see what happens with that. But it was just, you know, the guy didn't all of a sudden turn into a bad coach. And the other question is, by the time these guys get to the big leagues, there's a lot of questions as to how much they're really listening to the coaches anyway.
1: Oh, it's true. It's true. It's true. You don't develop guys in the, on the big league level. Um, you know, I maybe it's just my eternal optimism when it comes to the Cincinnati Reds, and I keep getting smacked over the head with uh, by being optimistic. They keep smacking me. But if these guys do hit like we think they can hit for the next couple months, yeah, I don't know. It could be a pretty fun season still. I mean, you know, we still have some pretty good guys that should be hitting. Now, we got a, a mess at catcher. It's just a complete disaster at catcher. But you know, everywhere else around here, you know, Peraza's
0: starting to get a little you bit know, hot. Um, you know, it, it's funny. Before the season, we, and, including myself, and I believe you, we were all questioning them carrying three three guys that could catch. <laughs> yeah. And now they got and, they got none of those guys. And now they got they got six of them, and, and four of them are on the DL. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's just a, it's a sort of a fluke. Fortunately, that's not a position. In the lineup where the Reds had been expecting a ton of offensive contribution anyway, so uh, but still, it's it's hurting them. Um, and yeah, we have
0: Hopefully, we're going to get. You know, we got uh, Barnhart starting. Barnhart and Farmer both starting rehab. I think tonight or tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, there'll be some help on the way soon.
1: Yeah, Tucker Barnhart's in uh, Louisville tonight, and our Jason Linden is there as well for that. Uh, rehab start for uh, Tucker Barnhart. Yeah. I mean, you know, Tucker has had an awful year and uh, he will, he will agree with that because I I read what he said about his season in a piece that uh, Trent Rosecrans did over at the athletic. And uh, he, it's really been tough on him. He he sort of revealed how tough it'd been to be away from the game right now, especially after having struggled. And he's starting to, you you start to have thoughts about, Oh no, you know, this career's not going to last forever. And uh, so he says he's been working doubly hard to get back, and and hopefully we'll see the old Tucker Barnhart when he does get back. Because obviously, we're big fans of Tucker Barnhart here at Lake Nation. Personally Radio. and
0: professionally,
1: absolutely. He's just a he's been good to to the the show here by appearing a couple of times, and and just you know an all around good kid.
0: And and you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a rant here for a second. <laughs> there he goes again. Um, I I, I follow his wife on Twitter. And and she's kind of fun and has a good time and blah blah blah, and there are people that go onto her Twitter feed and badmouth her husband and his injuries and how bad he's playing. What kind of an do you have to be to be badmouthing some woman's husband on Twitter? And and and, 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 you, know, and you know well, it's people that wouldn't have the guts to say it to Tucker Barnhart's face. You're right. Yeah, it's, I, it's, I saw that she'd
1: said that, and it didn't surprise me. Because no, nothing
0: surprises you, but good lord, you know th- this is precisely don't post the reason. Thing you wouldn't want your mother to read, folks.
1: Uh, this goes for you, Coop. Um, you know, uh, this is the reason. This is a big part of the reason why I decided uh, to, at least for now, delete the Twitter apps from my uh, Twitter app from my phone. Uh, still have my Twitter account, and when I'm near a laptop, I'll, I'll get on there and, and play around. But it's just uh, there's way too many people on there that love to just pile on anonymously when somebody's going bad or somebody does something uh, for which they need to be, you know, smacked down by the by the uh, the crowd. I just it's it's a toxic environment sometimes. And that's precisely what I'm talking about. A bunch of a bunch of keyboard warriors getting on there and yelling at a, at a guy's wife because because her husband has been playing poorly this year. Listen, Tucker Barnhart has played poorly this year. He has. That doesn't, you know. Um, he's you know, playing no, a game, folks. And it's it, a freaking game. Well, but even if he's playing poorly, you know what? The part that gets me is—is is you, you think he, you think he's trying to hurt the Reds? Right. Exactly. <laughs> he's absolutely giving one hundred percent, doing everything he can to help the Cincinnati Reds win it's, baseball
0: As a fan, no matter how much it pains you when Tucker's or anybody is struggling, I guarantee it bothers them about. It exponentially worse
1: well you put me in the lineup okay i will give you everything i've got but i'm gonna kill the reds i'm gonna be awful you know and you know you can get mad at me if you want (laughs) but it's really not my fault you know i'm trying to give it everything i've got you know but tucker barnard's better than he's been this so far this year and and again he's one of these hopeful hopeful bounce back candidates so I, i i appreciate that rant i'm gonna agree with you on that one that's uh Part of the toxic environment on Twitter that just like, kills me. It just kills me. Um, Okay, so you want to answer some well, – before we get to some viewer mail questions, I want to talk about uh, the minor leagues a little bit because we, we brought that up just sure. briefly. Before we talk about your tour of the minor leagues, the Reds finally – I've been whining for a while about their first-round pick this year, Nick dolo
0: being in the well, Ro- – You've been whining for as long as I've known you. But you meant about something specifically.
1: Bill, I, you, you hurt me. I mean, it's hurtful. <laughs> well, I'm not on Twitter, so I can do it. <laughs> At least you're saying it to my face, right? That's right. Um, Say it to your microphone, anyway. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, Nick Lodolo, Reds' first-round pick. He's six uh, 6'6 lefty pitcher from uh, Texas Christian University. 2.36 ERA in his junior year. Seventh overall pick in the Major League Baseball draft. The top pitching prospect in the draft, according to a lot of analysts, the Reds, for some reason, started him in rookie ball. And I've gone back and forth with Doug Gray on this, and uh, Doug knows more about the minors than I do. I'll concede that. But it never made any sense to me that a guy who pitched in a big-time college conference should go to rookie ball, you know, when he's getting ready to be 22 years old. And so they finally bumped him up to Dayton, and a bunch of red leg nation guys are going to be there i think for his first game at dayton and
0: is it sunday he's playing is it uh or was it am i mister am i again misremembering i think it's
1: i think it's tonight
0: oh is it thursday okay. night
1: is when he's yeah going. i think you're right now that i now that I've, yeah so anyway hopefully he does well there I, you know he's a guy with a guy like him and and we talk, and jonathan india we'll talk about in a moment, he just also got bumped up finally to double A. We talked about him a little bit in our last uh, podcast, uh, but, uh, with, with Jason Linden, but with a guy like Lodolo, I like seeing, go ahead and, you know, get him to Dayton to start immediately. Don't send him to Rick Get him to Dayton. He went to, he went to Billings and he destroyed, he was so far head and shoulders above the competition there. It was crazy. It was just ridiculous. You know, uh, He struck out 21 of the 46 batters that he faced. That's a guy that should have been in single A and push him a little bit because as a college guy, you could maybe fast-track him to the big leagues if he's got that talent. It's what the Braves did with Alex Wood. They put him in single A to start his right after he came out of the University of Georgia. They sent him to single A, was great there. Next year started him at double A, and he was in the big leagues by the end of the year. That's what I'd like to see. If Lodolo's got that type of talent, we don't know that he does. But I just... Keeping using kid gloves with these guys, I get it, but I just the guy like that had, that had already performed at a in a really good college conference didn't make any sense to me to make him take a step back. really Is
0: what they did. So anyway, looking forward. It's, hopefully, it's historically, is historically other than with the Reds organization because we know that, and I know Doug disagrees with this too. We, you, and I believe that the Reds bring guys along slower than most teams. Is there any proof that they that other teams start their High prospects, higher than the Reds do on, on a general? Or is it kind of a pick-and-choose thing, like like you were using Wood as an example?
1: I don't, I don't know. I don't have the – and I've thought several times, I'd love to sit down and just do – it's just going to take too much time to do that kind of a research project, and I haven't had the time. But uh, I don't know. I just know that I had looked at Wood because I was writing about him for Cincinnati Magazine, and I happened to look to see what they did with him. And I just – with Jonathan India and with Nick Senzel as well, I was like, these guys played in the Southeastern Conference. That's a that's the maybe the best college baseball conference, okay? That's comparable to rookie ball or, or low A, in my opinion. Uh, close, anyway. And so I like to push those guys if they can't. If it's, you know, we can always take a step back if we need to, but with those college guys, I like the idea of pushing. With high school guys, I'm okay with, you know, being a little bit more, uh, taking it a little slower, letting them get acclimated. But with these college guys, I just, I don't know. Um, Jonathan Indy, of course. Was uh, also promoted, along with Stuart Fairchild. Jonathan Indy was the first-round pick last year, number five overall. Finally, he's gotten to Chattanooga, double-A Chattanooga. Stuart Fairchild was the second-round pick for the Reds in 2017. Again, out of a pretty good college baseball conference, the Atlantic Coast Conference. 2015 national champion, University of Virginia Cavaliers, playing that conference. Um, they ain't good. They were okay this year, but they were they were good, they were good in basketball and lacrosse this year.
0: They're um, uh, not they're not a, they're not a they're pretty good school.
1: Oh, it's a, it's an okay school. It's not bad. Okay. Sometimes they, sometimes they make a mistake and let idiots in, and even give them diplomas. But uh, let's not talk about Dick Williams, shall we? Uh, <laughs> did you know I was a student at the University of Virginia at the same time as Dick Williams? No, I did not. He was in his final year there during my first year.
0: And we, uh, you know, he
1: was a he was like he
0: was like your big brother. He did he adopt you? Did he take you under his wing?
1: Well, let me let me explain something. Uh, he was the son of a, a minority owner of the Cincinnati Reds, and I was a Yahoo from the Sticks. We weren't running in the same
0: circles. Well, yeah, but you're a big your, your family's a big wheel where you live, though. I mean, you got the softball field is named after your family.
1: <laughs> oh
0: my goodness, it's true.
1: Big <laughs> big fish in a small pond. How glorious, Jonathan India. <laughs> hey, he's he. Jason Linden and I talked about this last week, which was that I wish he were in double-A, but he's not really, you know, uh, they may have made a good decision because he was just okay in high-A. Um, but so far, so good in double-A. He started out on fire. Uh, I think five for his first 11, something like that.
0: Stole a couple of bases. Yeah, nothing extra, nothing extra base-wise yet. But Yeah,
1: but uh, seeing the ball well, hitting the ball well, and I would love to see him let imagine if he finishes this season in Double A and really kills the ball. Maybe start him in Triple A next year. And
0: you know, no, they m- won't. no m- better than no. that. <laughs> I mean, and he's almost two he- years. You know, he's almost two years. You know, is he like two years uh, um, older than the kids he's playing with? I mean, he's twenty two.
1: Yeah, he's gonna be twenty three. You know, I, that's why I say hopefully he will hit well this second half and give him a reason to start him at Triple A and then. It puts him close to the big leagues, but yeah, with the recent history of this club, I don't see any reason to hope for that. Stuart Fairchild again, a 2017 draft pick, so he's been around a couple years now. Second round pick, and just now making it to Double A, uh, college kid. I don't know, you know, but he's he's also started out very well. All right, that now, now quickly before we get into some uh, hashtag viewer mail questions, uh, I want to talk about this tour of the minor leagues that you're in the middle of. What's been your favorite place? You you've been though you've been to Dayton and to Louisville
0: Dayton plenty of times, but Louisville as well, right? I, I had season tickets, partial season tickets for the Dragons for years, and I, they do everything right for running a minor league franchise.
1: And they, st- I mean, for
0: years they've been. I mean, really, it's well run. And they're, you know, their stuff, their sellout record is still ongoing. They've sold out every game since the franchise started. It's Such a fun and place think, to watch a game, th- yeah. and I think two thousand and one. Um, Chattanooga, it was, uh, we, we also did the Lexington legends while we were on our tour because we were going through Lexington. We stopped there and went to a ball game and that was fun. Very nice people. Nice ballpark. Um, then we did, uh, on a Saturday night, we were in Greenville, really nice ballpark. I really like that.
1: Isn't that something? It's the rookie Appalachian league. And I've been to most every park in that league and most of them are kind of, Sketchy.
0: That park's nice. Yeah, that was the one in Burlington. Isn't that in that league?
1: No, that's. Uh, I think that's low A, Burlington. No, no, Burlington's in that league. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah, it, and, and them – it was much more than high school. Field. The glorified high school fields most of them. But now Greenville, that's yeah. that's a. Now they play on the University of Tus. You know, they play at Tusculum University, which I didn't even know was in Tennessee. Mm-hmm, if yeah. you if you if you'd have asked me where Tusculum was, I'd have said Mississippi or Alabama. Uh, I would have told but, you Tennessee because I'm smart. Well, yeah, well, you know, you're a lawyer. <laughs> I used to be. Um, you know, but what a nice ballpark, and the people that work there are really, really nice. And the beer's cheap, which is always a good thing. Um, they st-
1: are they? I haven't been this season. Are they still selling Grater's ice cream there?
0: I don't remember seeing Grater's, which I probably would have noticed. Yeah, they were last well, year, which I thought was a great. I and mean, I've known, I've known the Grader's family. I'm Cindy Grader and I went to high school together. We were old, were old, buddies.
1: Hey, what kind of a hey, what kind of a, a discount you get
0: I don't get the, much the, of a discount. I, you know, Cindy and I aren't that close anymore. Ah, I see. Uh, mm-hmm. But I really, really liked the ballpark there. And, and then after the game, we were we went over to next to the little restaurant bar next door to where we were staying, and about half the pitching staff came in. So we were talking to them for a little while. Nice, 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 nice young men. Um, I wish them all well. Um, then on my birthday, on Sunday, we went to a day game at Chattanooga, and it was really nice because Eric Davis came down for my birthday.
1: Yeah, well, it was nice of him to show up and celebrate your birthday with you. I really appreciate it. And
0: I, we got a really, we got a really great picture with Ed, and I tell you, looks like he could still play. Doesn't he though? Oh man!
1: But then again, you and I saw him play.
0: He probably could still be a pretty good
1: player <laughs> I mean, because he was just
0: generational <laughs> talent, you know. Yep. But you know, I go down there hoping to see Stevenson and and and, Trammell, and Trammell's at the Futures game that day. Oh, that's right. And and Stevenson didn't play. It was a day game after a night game and he was he was sitting that day. So, I didn't get to see either one of them. You know what you should have done?
1: Since he didn't play, you should have you should have yelled at his wife on Twitter.
0: I should have yelled at the manager. Like, I came all the way down here 20 minutes. <laughs> right. you know?
1: Load management. <laughs> um,
0: so uh what what's and so now you and you went to Louisville Went to Louisville yesterday for a day game. That's that's they great. Played, they really played badly. That's a fun. Was place. Fun.
1: That's still a good place to see a game, though. I, I like oh,
0: Louisville. Yeah. But again, nice. Everybody in the ballpark's really nice. It's a nice ballpark. Uh, just was a bad. And, it, and the weather was beautiful. It was like in the seventies. Well, nice breeze. Um, uh, but they just they played really terrible. I think they got beat six to one or seven to one. They scored a run in the first inning and. It, was, it the only interesting thing is, and I can't think of who the manager is at Louisville this year, but uh, the the kid that started walked in a run in the second inning. They were only down three to one, and the manager pulled him. Wow! <laughs> yeah, and then he put in Jackson Stevens, who got who got wrecked, you know. So Jody Davis is the manager, by the way, at Louisville. Okay, Jody Davis, former Chicago so I Cub. I mean, they, they sent, he sent the pitching coach out when he was struggling with his control early, and then when he walked and run in, whoop, out he went. done. There so the go. last stop on our, the last stop on our minor league tours, we're going to be in Florida next week, and uh, the Daytona Tortugas are playing in Jupiter next week, and that's one of the reasons we went this the next week because we're going to check, check out the Tortugas while we're in, in Florida. Okay. So we're going to see them in Jupiter next week, so that'll be fun.
1: Well, talk to me before you go down there. Um, I'll try to hook you up with somebody down there in Daytona. Um, that's awesome. That's awesome. No, I, no, we're not going to be in Daytona. We're going to be in Jupiter. Oh, you're in Jupiter. Well, still, even even so. Even so. Talk to me. Right. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and it was good uh, hanging out with you at the Greenville game, too, because we've been planning that for months.
0: Yeah. We had a good time. I don't know where you were. You know, you, you, you know what? The security was really tight that night, so maybe you couldn't get in.
1: Yeah, they wouldn't, they
0: wouldn't let me in. They
1: wouldn't let me in the ballpark.
0: You, no. know, you know, you know what we did do though. My, we, we, they were giving stuff away. I don't remember what it was, and, and it was myself and 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 Linda, and my wife, and, and another couple. And the, the women went to run the stuff that they bought at the store back to the car. You know, they let them go out, and they were going to let them come in. And we told the guys at the gate not to let them get back, come back in. And they were they were giving, <laughs> they were teasing them like they weren't going to let them back in. That's great. That's great. They the people that run I mean, the we really really like Greenville.
1: Uh, the people that run that organization down there, uh the local people are just top notch, just love them to death. And uh yeah, I was planning to meet uh, Bill there for a game and for that particular game, and then my son's basketball team but I decided they were gonna go play in a tournament that weekend and I kinda got it didn't work out. So but anyway, we'll catch you next time you're down this way. We'll do it again. Yeah, absolutely. All right, how about a little bit of uh of hash brown viewer mail? Okay. First question for viewer mail. Now again, as always, these are actual letters. From actual viewers, first set of questions come from not, our, I'm not even going there anymore. I don't know if Jason's <laughs> giving up, but I've given up. Good. That's, I can beat anybody down. Uh, these are quite first set of questions are from our uh, patrons over at patreon.com slash radio where you too can support the podcast here. Scott Boykin asks, what percentage chance do you give Rizal Iglesias of being a member of the Reds to begin the 2020 season? It's a good question, Scott. What percentage chances uh, Rosella Glacies have of being a member of the Reds to begin the twenty twenty season? I'm here's what I say. I'm going to say we're around twenty five percent.
0: That he will be. That he will be. Oh wow! I, I, I think it's I think mean, it's heavily the other way. I would say seventy percent.
1: Interesting, interesting. I just he's he's going to have some value in, in the off season. Maybe even by the trade deadline here. Despite his struggles, he's still Rosella Glacius, and some team is going to be willing to take a chance on him. He is perhaps causing some issues in the clubhouse, and I've long been on record as saying that I adore Rosella Glacius. When he's at his best, he's so much fun to
0: watch. Why do you say he's causing issues in the clubhouse? Well, I don't know.
1: I'm glad you said that because I probably did not phrase that correctly But uh, because I don't know that he's causing problems in the clubhouse. But I do know he's been vocal in his criticism of management. And so, oh, early,
0: are you talking about something more than early on when he wasn't happy with the way he was being used? Are you talking about something past that?
1: No, I'm talking about he has sort of forced their hand into using him in one particular way. They're not using him the way they planned because he whined about right. it.
0: And, right. but, and but and whether this is just talk or whatever, Bell continues to. Espoused that he still believes in him, blah blah blah. Now, of course, what else is he going to say?
1: Right, and and but but Bell's not using him in the sixth inning or the seventh inning in these high leverage no. situations anymore. Only but, to finish games out.
0: But I guess my question would be: Is the Reds will have to make a decision as to whether they're going to get enough value for for him versus the talent they have? Yeah, in him,
1: and and, and he may have hurt his value on the market. I, I agree. I think those are issues, but I think they're going to be actively shopping glaciers because he's got two years reasonably priced two-year deal still remaining on two years still remaining on the on his contract what
0: do you think he would
1: bring see i don't know i don't know i think that some team will overvalue him although he probably hurt his own value by whining so much because if you look at a guy like that and say oh wow you know i could see him as being a a right-handed andrew miller type you know when you're talking about a
0: reliever or a josh Hader type that yeah, I mean, you, get, you go you look at the Cubs and they've got three guys that were closers.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I could see some team really giving him a, a chance. Uh, I don't know. He's gonna have to pitch better the rest of the way. He's been not brutal. He's been very good at times and awful at other times. But when he's
0: been bad, he's you know he's been really really bad. And he's
1: and he's been bad in bad spots that have really hurt the Reds. Yeah. So I, I I really think he's gone. I mean, I I do. I, I would say twenty five percent. So. Uh, Scott, remind us of this one, 25% for me, 70% for The Godfather. Jacob Rude asks, now is Jacob actually rude, do you think? Because I mean, he's been polite in all my interactions with him. but I would
0: think no. I, I bet he's a nice guy. Yeah, I think probably so. I bet, I bet he would never say anything bad about Tucker Barnhart to his wife on I, Twitter. I guarantee that. His name is rude, though.
1: Assuming no trades and everyone finally gets healthy, i.e. Alex Wood, what should the rotation and bullpen look like? This is kind of what we were talking about earlier. And I'm just going to say again, I, I don't know.
0: <laughs> my, my line is like shrugging my shoulders going, oh.
1: Yeah, it's like that uh, yeah, <laughs> shoulder shrug uh, emoji. I, it's a really difficult question because for the first time that, that we can remember, there's a lot of good pitchers in the mix. You know, I like Sal Romano's back and pitched well the other night. And, and I like him out of the bullpen now. Um, Cody Reed's gonna be back soon. I love Cody Reed out of the bullpen. There are a lot of guys that I could see. K- Wandy Peralta, you can you know you can just send him packing with a thank you uh, with a nice parting gift. Rice Aroni. Some rice Aroni, perhaps some some
0: lovely Isotoner gloves,
1: and and send him on his way.
0: Uh, Rosella Glacius, I Did love you him. Heard I still... Anything about Cody Reed in, in in the last month?
1: Well, he's been hurt. He's been injured. Since well, I know. M- since Memorial Day, and I, I I'm. I'm of the understanding he's going to be back soon. Okay, and uh, and I think he needs to be in the big leagues when he's back. I think they need to cut bait on Wandy Peralta. Uh, Peralta needs to go to Triple A is what needs to happen. Uh, he still has options. So, I, but when Alex Wood is healthy, Alec Wood needs to be in the rotation the rest of the year. Some are going to say, "Well, he's not around next year." Well, but you know what? He helps the Reds win games this year, and you know. Maybe maybe he, we treat him well and let him pitch every game, every five days, and maybe he sticks around. Uh, I love a rotation of, I guess if I, had, if I had to make the decision, my rotation is Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, Alex Wood. We're talking about everybody being healthy. So I'll say Tyler Malley and Anthony DiSclefani, 4-5. And I trade Tanner Roark.
0: And he's he's done a wonderful job been great. this
1: year been great love Tanner Roark and matter of fact he's older but I wouldn't mind seeing the Reds toss a little money his way and keep him around he's been just a dependable guy the same thing he's been his whole career um, no problems with Tanner Roark I think Tanner Rourke's most likely to be traded at the deadline here in the next week so that's probably what I do you're gonna argue with me on that or we're gonna move on to the next question
0: no we can move on I, 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 I
1: no Joe Farfing also a rude name. Joe Farsing asks, since the Reds have a ton of money available in the offseason and holes to fill, how could UVA lose to a team called the Retrievers? You see what he did there? Yeah. See what my buddy Joe did there? See, there was a time when that would have really bothered me. There was about a year's period where it really bothered me. But then... So banned? <laughs> the Retrievers, yeah. Yeah, they were good back in the day. Um... The Retrievers, the Faces, oh man, so many good, so many good bands. Uh, UVA lost to the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, but they came back and won the national championship. So those jokes don't bother me anymore,
0: Joe. It bothers me a little bit. It's hard to believe that these people are still dragging that out on you. You know, two years <laughs> later, and and after your team wins the national championship, uh, the, the, because they know it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't bother me. Uh, Brian Bowdy. Because you won the national championship. Only
1: because, because, because <laughs> it really bothered me for a year. Uh, but they they responded the only way, uh, only best way that they they could. Uh, Brian Bowdy asks.
0: Wait a minute, wait a minute before before we get off college basketball, I have a question for you. All right, okay. It, it's 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 documented your hate of all things Duke. Ugh. Can a player? Redeem himself by playing for your favorite NBA team if he went to Duke. Yes,
1: and I have okay. recent evidence of this. Okay,
0: I was just che- I was just checking in to see if that was a possibility.
1: And we don't want to get into this. because nobody wants to hear this, but I've got to say it quickly. My my favorite NBA team, obviously, is the Cincinnati Royals, but they don't exist anymore. So my favorite team, I, as a kid, I chose the Philadelphia seventy six ers because I, you know, I just at the time that's who I chose. Um. And I can't actually remember why. I started to say why, but I can't remember. And anyway, so uh, my least favorite player in the history of Duke basketball is J.J. Reddick. Because J.J. Reddick is a Virginia— Christian Leitner. Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. It's not even close. J.J. Reddick is from Roanoke, Virginia. And he spurned the University of Virginia and went to Duke. And uh, so I I just—I hated him for years and years and years. Came to Philadelphia the last couple of years. He's gone now. He went to New Orleans this offseason. But the last two years, my favorite player. I mean, just he worked so hard for two straight years for for Philadelphia. To get
0: that Duke stink off of
1: him. He got that Duke stink, and he played really well for Philadelphia. And I just uh, I love – you watch him on the floor, and he's constantly running off screens and really just working really hard. And he's uh, not really my favorite player for well, – wasn't my favorite player for Philadelphia, but uh, he did redeem himself. So there you go, J.J. Redick. You're dead to me And and
0: just for the youngsters in the audience, the Cincinnati Royals became the Kansas City Kings, who are now the Sacramento Kings. Exactly. Can you name name five players that played for the Royals? I can name one player that just signed a contract with the
1: Sacramento Kings.
0: Kyle Guy,
1: most outstanding player of the Final Four from the University of Virginia. Oh, good God. Moving on. Brian Bowdy asks, Oscar Robertson. That's the only one I can name. Brian Bowdy. I'm going to the game Sunday.
0: Jerry Lucas.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Uh Brian Bowdy is going to the game for uh Alex Woodstart on Sunday. Will we Oh good for you, Brian? Good 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 choice. That is, that's what's gonna work out well. Will be at, will we officially be on hashtag hugwatch then? Or do you think any major deals won't happen until the last day or two before the deadline? Hashtag actual mail, hashtag actual viewer. Um, now, hug watch. For those of you that don't know, is that right before the uh, the trade deadline every year, Twitter likes to engage in hug watch, which is when a guy is removed from the game and he goes through the dugout hugging all his teammates. You know he's been uh, traded.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, you know he's been dealt somewhere, so he's hugging all his teammates in so the. I
0: was going to ask what that was because I
1: had no idea. There you go. So uh, that's that's hug hug watch. By Sunday, see the the twenty. That'd be the twenty eighth. The deadline's the thirty first. I think we'll be on hug watch then. I think there could be some things happening this weekend. Uh, most of the deals will probably happen in the last day or two. But then again, it's been so quiet now. I don't know if any deals are going to get done.
0: You know, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how the the you know the doing away with the the, the second trade deadline. Yeah, affects. yeah, the the, the waiver they, deadline. I, I just think there's so
1: many teams that think they're still in the race. I just don't think there are going to be that many deals. I think it's going to be the quietest
0: deadline day that we've seen in, in years. I really do. Um, well, so, and, and you know, and we talked about this, and you know, when when this when they changed this, that whether it would require teams so much earlier to make a decision on whether they're going to be buyers or sellers. You know, if you're in it, why would you not believe in what you've been doing all along? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you know why, you're not going to dismantle your team when you still think you're in it.
1: Yeah, and and, and the same reason I said the Reds can't be full skilled sellers at this time is a lot of teams are going to be the same way. You just can't sell that to your fans. You know, um, if you're, if you're, if you have even a reasonable shot of getting somewhere close to the race, which is kind of where the reds are. Although I will say the reds have won three of their last five and they're not in last place anymore.
0: So that's something, but uh, I, I don't, I don't understand why they a either. If they were going to make this, there only be one trading deadline. Why not split the difference and make it in the middle of August? I
1: don't know. Does the baseball know what they're
0: doing? Probably. It probably has something to do with the contract, you know, the Major League Baseball contract or something. Who
1: knows? Matt Sheary asks at patreon.com slash Radio. Uh, speaking of college basketball. Yeah. Matt Sheary asks, would Chad Dotson, that's, that's me, Bill, would Chad Dotson rather have UVA win the next three NCAA championships or the Reds in the next World Series? Interesting question. What do, you, what do you think my answer is?
0: Well, it, and, it says, and it says the Reds in the next World Series, not the Reds win the next World Series.
1: It did say in the next World Series. <laughs> you want to know what my answer is? World Series. And, and the fact that these guys, we keep having UVA questions. You all, you all, you all know me. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm a highly partisan fan of my uh, alma mater. Um, we got that championship this year. And you know what? That's going to last me for a long time. I would absolutely choose the Reds, even if they lose the next World Series. Give me a National League pennant,
0: I'll take it. Who was them. the last back-to-back NCAA champion? Was it Duke or was it and or UNLV?
1: UNLV didn't win back-to-back. They lost to Duke that second year.
0: Oh, okay, the second year, yeah.
1: I don't, I don't know who it is. I can't remember. It's been a long time.
0: It's been a long time. Yeah,
1: I think it might have been Florida. I think Florida won back-to-back, actually.
0: Yeah, I think you might Under be right. Billy
1: Donovan, Joachim Noah, Al Horford, that bunch. Uh, too much college basketball talk. Stop it, Bill. Joseph Prince asks us at patreoncom slash radio. best sci-fi show TV show of all time, and then Joseph drops the hashtag listener mail. He's not giving up. Best sci-fi TV show of all time.
0: You got an answer? I liked Firefly. I wished I could have seen where it would have went. Um. Never. I like the first couple of first season or so of Battlestar Galactica. What the, the, the second Battlestar Galactica?
1: Yeah, I've never seen either those. Of are those. My, those would be my two.
0: I've never seen either of those.
1: Not a big sci fi guy. I don't have any objection to it. Just not a big sci fi guy. Um, I like Joe Farfson commented at the, at the Patreon. Uh, his answer was Alf. <laughs> sci fi. Uh, my answer to the best sci fi TV show of all time. Mystery Science Theater 3000. Not even close. That's the answer. Joe had another question. What's your all-time lineup of guys you thought would be studs but never quite lived up to the hype, be it due to injury or just underperformance? All-time lineup of guys you thought would be studs but never quite lived up to the hype, be it due to injury or just underperformance. Oh, we don't know if we can do a whole lineup, but um, you know, uh, I think Austin Kearns is probably on that list, don't you think? Yeah, Cal Daniels. Cal Daniels is there, you know. Um, uh, both those guys had injuries and just uh, sapped him. Also, Kurt was good until that idiot. Uh, what's his name? Ray King, the Cardinals pitcher, sat on him at home plate, and he was just never the same. Broke his shoulder or whatever. Um, Devin. Devin Miserocco. Oh, he's yes, first tier, absolutely.
0: Devin Miserocco. um and, and and you. I, I mean, I, I don't know if you if he if he could. It'd be fair to put him into this as Eric Davis.
1: You know what? He kind of lived up to the hype,
0: but, but not but really. He, yeah, not the hype that he had. I, 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 Eric Davis is is in my opinion the biggest what if story in Reds in my in my lifetime for the Reds. There's, what what could he have been if he had been able to stay healthy? there's a recent book written by uh, Chris Garber called
1: the big 50, the men and moments that made the Cincinnati reds. And there's a good chapter on Eric Davis in there. And in that chapter, the case is kind of made that uh, he was reputed to be the next Willie Mays. And that was absolutely 100% fair. And and, and matter of fact, Willie Mays said, you know, uh, I'm honored to be compared to Eric Davis. That's how good he was Yep. at his, uh,
0: At his height, and so I think probably you you can put him in there. The other one I'd throw in there is Wayne Simpson. Wayne Simpson, you're going back now on that one. 1970 was 14 and one at the All Star break. Can you put uh, Don Gullett, Gary Nolan, in that list as well? Maybe I think you could put Gullett in that in that, uh, but I mean he was pretty good with the Reds, and then when he went to the Yankees, you know, he he was never really the player they thought they were going to get when they signed him as a free agent. Nolan, I mean, he came back like three times from big arm problems at a time when you didn't come back from arm problems, yeah. and 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 just turned himself into a completely different kind of pitcher. Uh, you know, I mean, when he was young, he was a fireballer, and by the time he was pitching for the big red machine, he was a jump ball guy, and it was effective both ways. But was he everything that they thought he could have been? Probably not. But Simpson would, and and, and when I was younger, he was the guy I always said, "Holy cow, what you know." And they and they just blew. This was when they were throwing, you know, three hundred innings, and he did. He threw like a whole winter league after he threw like three hundred innings of of major or of of AAA ball, and then he went played winter ball, and then he came and you know, he's throwing in the big leagues and blew his shoulder out, and it's a sad story. But look up, look up Wayne Simpson's numbers in 1970, and they're they're pretty amazing. Yeah, he was he was a beast, but he's still uh, the starting pitcher on this
1: lineup of guys you thought would be studs, but never quite lived up to the hype. The all-time starting pitcher on that team, Hunter Green. Oh, God. Too soon?
0: That's Chad Dodson. <laughs> I That's
1: didn't, I'm just kidding. Team. Hunter, I love you. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm making a reference to the fact that you called me out. Um, I love you, Hunter. All right, let's go to some more uh, viewer mail. Try to do some rapid fire. Jason and I tried to do some rapid fire answers last week, and we, did, we failed. But let's try it this time. Uh, Twitter.com slash RedLegRadio, where you can follow us. Matt at MStefano78 asks... Was Christian Yellich the original Karate Kid? And I only say that because you need to go to Matt's uh, timeline and look at at M. Stefano seventy eight, and he puts up pictures of both of them together, and and Christian Yelich looks exactly like Ralph Macchio, the Karate Kid. No, he kid. doesn't.
0: In this picture, I'm looking at the pictures. No, he
1: doesn't. Oh my gosh, it's it's uncanny, Bill Lack. No,
0: no, uh, Matt, it? Matt, Mr. Stefano, um, you're you You and Chad need to get your eyes fixed.
1: Matt, you're right in every way. Chris C at cotman 26 asks, should we all seek shelter since Vado stopped choking up and started hitting baseballs all over the place, is it safe to be outside at all? You know, there's there's a little bit of a, a little bit of excitement now because Vado abandoned that choking up and all of a sudden started pounding baseballs in the last 3 4 5 days. Um right. I don't know what to make of it. I mean, Votto knows more about hitting than I will ever know. So I always just tend to just just trust him, you know. But uh, he's been doing that, choking up for a while now, and I always feel like he knows what he's doing. But now, all of a sudden, he's not, and he is hammering baseballs, including a, a, blast of a home run. Finally, his ninth of the season. What do you think?
0: Is Votto back? Every time I say is, then I put the whammy on him. So I'm, 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 taking the fifth on this one. Seek shelter,
1: Chris. It is not safe to be outside. Joey Votto is back. Pete Well Pete Wills at Petros Wheels on Twitter asks could you use one word to summarize the first half of the season from your view and then in one word summarize your expectations for the second half of the season? Hash brown viewer mail, hash brown voto for president. One word to summarize the first half of the season, my word would be frustrating.
0: That's exactly the word I have down. Yeah, man, that just absolutely describes the first half. Summarize this, your, team, this team is so close to being good. <laughs> they
1: are, they really are. Whether people want to believe that or not, they're really close. Um, but now, can you, in one word, summarize your expectations for the second half of the season? Hopeful. Hopeful. I was going to use the word tempered. I just, I'm just. They keep letting me down, so I'm going to temper my expectations a little bit. But good question, Pete. Uh, obscure former Reds at obscure Reds on Twitter asks. What are your expectations for these Reds the rest of the year? There's three of them listed, so I'm going to ask you. What are your expectations for these Reds the rest of the year? First of all, Alex Wood. We kind of already answered that, actually, now that I think about it. Um, I don't know that we have any expectations for Alex Wood, uh, but we're hopeful that he's going to be okay. What about uh,
0: uh, Juan Gratterall? I don't have any expectations for Juan Gratterall.
1: Zero. No expectations for Juan Graterol. Thank
0: you for what. Thank thank you for playing. Yes, yes, we appreciate your efforts.
1: You were probably not going to be a Red next year, but thank you so much for this year. And, and in five years, I'm going to look back at the roster of the 2019 Reds, and I won't remember you. And I'm sorry for that. I feel bad about it.
0: I feel guilty because you're. It really- is funny though when you when you go back and you look at those you know the the, the things and you the, you know the rosters for the years and you're going. I don't even remember him.
1: Right, yeah. And there were plenty of those guys recently. Uh, And the other one, what are your expectations for Ryan LaVarnway? Uh, We're unveiling his statue, aren't we, next week? Yeah. My expectations for Ryan LaVarnway are that he's going to win the Silver Slugger as a catcher this season. What about LaVarnway? We named our podcast Doing It the LaVarnway last week. That was the title of the episode. (laughs) And he comes out in his first start for the Reds, goes three for four. He was the man. A double, two home runs, six runs batted in in his first game. I mean, just, we need to keep doing it the LaVarne way,
0: right? I hope he's got a tape of that game.
1: Oh, my goodness. You know, what was funny, we talked about wives on Twitter. His wife posted on Twitter, I saw, after that game. And just, it was, they were in tears how happy they were. He'd just gotten cut from a AAA team. And uh, you know, the Reds picked him up, and he has that kind of a game. And you sort—that's those moments like that just blows me away. I thought it was great. I thought it was fantastic. Yep. So uh, we expect Ryan LaVarnway to be an all-time Red uh, legend. Now, one more. Be
0: retiring his number.
1: <laughs> we'll be retiring his number. I don't know what his number is, but we're going to retire it. I uh,
0: don't
1: either. I've watched him play, but I don't know what his number is. Uh, one more Patreon question. Steven Offenbaker, host of the uh, – Reds Alert Podcast. I yeah, we know that guy. With the Reds dropping from 8 to 20 in minor league system ranking, does that, in your opinion, say the front office has failed again in its attempt to rebuild? As of July 20th, the Reds have the same record in 2019 as they did in 2018. Granted, they're more fun to watch, but I'm not sure they're in position to turn a corner in
0: 2020.
1: You want to take that one you want me to?
0: I don't think they failed. I, You know, I... I don't know It's too soon to tell I guess I think they I think the rebuild has largely been a failure.
1: I mean, that's that's too harsh I, I can see it's too harsh but' we're, you know we're five years in and the other teams that started their uh, rebuild at the same time as us were the Phillies and the Braves who are in a different position than us you know I I think that Walt Jockety and, and the crew at that time tried to do this oh. rebuild
0: by half measures. I, I, I'm I'm completely agreeing with that, but I, I you know, I'm only going by what this new front office staff is doing. They don't they, they have to work with the foundation they were given.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. I and like not,
0: the current guys. I'm not gonna blame the I'm not gonna blame these guys for what happened before they got there or when they didn't have enough control to do anything about it. I agree. I'm not blaming Dick Williams and Nick Crawl, But this rebuild as a, a self contained
1: unit has it's not it's been awful they they have conducted it very very poorly i think that since they let nick crawl and dick williams and that bunch really actually make decisions i love the direction and I, I i am optimistic in that sense and i think they can turn a corner in 2020 although it's going to be it, they're going to have to thread the needle in some ways it's going to be difficult we'll talk about that more as 2020 gets here but uh <laughs> I, I think the rebuild was very poorly managed and i don't think that's an argument but i agree I, I don't think you can put that at the feet of uh dick williams and, and crew snoopaloop at patreon.com slash red radio that's a good name snoopaloop that was your nickname uh back in high school wasn't it bill snoopaloop
0: yeah that's when i had dreadlocks
1: yeah boy that was a, that was a crazy time it was a wild time snoopaloop asks is it possible that philip urban has simply leveled up this year and turned himself into a legitimate starting outfielder. I know it took him a while to make his way through the minors, but maybe something finally clicked this year that has unlocked his first-round potential. A lot of people are asking that question. Bill, did you read my uh, my piece from this week at uh, Cincinnati Magazine?
0: No, I have not yet, but I will. Oh, I know she But said but, yeah. but my answer to this would be no. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I mean I say- hope, actually, my answer would be I hope so. Yes, yes, yes. but but you don't. <laughs> You kind of by the time you get to AAA and the big leagues you kind of are what you are. There there aren't many guys that learn how to hit at that level. Yeah. I'm not saying there aren't any but there aren't many. He's had a great month. So, he's, he's had a great month. Oh, what? absolutely. you know his 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 war is higher than Puig's.
1: <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Because Puig uh, was in the toilet for so long that he was a negative
0: war. Well, and B ref is and, and, and his D ref is they got him in a, a, a negative .1, one, which Man. I don't understand. But yeah, I don't get that either. But um,
1: here's the thing about Philip Irvin. Okay, and, and and I encourage you, if you would, please go uh, go like and share and send it around and and especially read the piece that I wrote for Cincinnati Magazine this week,
0: uh, and it was about uh,
1: Philip Irvin and and how he fits into the Reds outfield future. And I think he does fit in the Reds outfield future, or he can, depending on the other decisions that are made. But I just don't – I'm, I'm like Bill. I hope that he has leveled up, to use a, a video game term uh, for, that the kids use. And I don't believe that it's it's actually happened. I just it, – that's it's very rare that that happens. The fact of the matter is he's a former first-round pick, but he's uh, 27 years old now. He's, he's 27. And not that that's over the hill – but how many guys learn to hit it at, at age 27? Uh, very few. But he's been reasonably competent for the last two. Not good. I wouldn't say he's been good the last two or three years at AAA and in the majors. But he's been somewhat competent. And I started looking at it, and, and I had been thinking in my, in my own mind that, well, it, he's not. He's never more than a fourth outfitter because he can't hit. He can't hit right-handers, and uh, that's kind of true. He hits lefties better, obviously, but he doesn't have a huge difference in his splits. But then I looked at uh, Jesse Winker's splits, and I've, I've grumbled about Winker a little bit not playing against lefties, because he's young, he's 25 and he's young enough to, I'd like to at least see him get a chance to learn to hit against lefties. But Jesse Winker has been very, very poor against lefties for at least five years, since he was in single a. Uh, I I don't think Jesse Winker's going to learn how to hit lefties. Same way we don't think Phillip Irvin's going to learn to hit in the majors. I don't I think Jesse Winker's going to really learn to be a, a a good hitter against left-handed pitchers.
0: So you put them together, you got a pretty good player.
1: But Exactly. I think you put those two together, and you've got an above-average left fielder. And I'm absolutely fine with that. I'm happy with it. Neither one are great defensively. Irvin's a really good athlete, but he's not great defensively. Winker is not a great athlete. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think they're going to kill you defensively necessarily. They're not going to help you. But I think you put them together, You got you have an above-average left fielder. So you do that. You sign Yasiel Puig to play right field. You got Senzel in center. That's a really good outfield, an above average outfield. And and, and Urban still gets three hundred at bats. He's your top pin shooter on days. He's not starting. You know, I think he can be a part of the next good Reds team, but I do not think there's any chance he is a starter on the next good Reds team. Uh, an everyday starter.
0: An everyday starter, yeah. Right. He's an occasional
1: starter. Um all right, let's see what else we got. See, again, we're not doing the rapid fire very well. Um uh, We're our rapid, rapid fire. Yeah. Uh, Beezy at Burke Franklin asks, over under two players from this current Reds team traded on or before the trade deadline. Over under. Two players traded before the deadline.
0: I think under. I would say if they make any deals at all, it'll be over. Ah, I think it'll be a big deal. It includes uh, several players. Or, okay. or two Or a couple of smaller deals. Yeah.
1: Okay. Frank Novak, at the Frank Novak, asks Hash Brown Viewer Mail, I think the Reds would get more for Puig in the long run by keeping him and giving him a qualifying offer. Am I wrong? I don't know. I I think you're probably right. I don't think that they're going to get much for him. Teams are not paying much for, at this point, for two-month rentals.
0: And you and I have kind of talked about that, about Puig. I I think we both talked about that on here. You know, we're – it makes more sense to us. And for one thing, I think if they – and I think we've said this. If they trade Puig, they're kind of saying to the fans they're running up the white flag on oh, this does. season, oh, and, yeah. and the fans would not be happy. And, and, there, there's, and if they don't trade him, then there's no reason not to make him a qualifying offer. And then they either get a draft pick or they get him at a high price for a year, or maybe they sign him long term.
1: Yeah, and the draft pick's not a great pick, but it still may be better than what they could get. I don't know uh in uh in a deadline deal. I just don't know what is there may be some team that wants to overpay for him for two months of, of week. Yeah. I just I it's, it's a lot of that's gonna depend on what the Reds are hearing, but I don't think you're wrong, Frank. Jack Lotta at Jackson Lotta asks how badly could we have used JT Rail Muto? Do the Reds look for a catcher at the deadline? If so, who? Okay, first of all, JT Rail Muto, the Reds were in discussions trying to acquire him and trade from the Marlins. This offseason, he went to Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, he was an all-star. The Reds could have used him. He would have really – he would have changed this lineup. He would have been a big uh, contributor. Whether the Reds look for a catcher at the deadline, why would you when you've got Ryan LaVarnway?
0: Because we do things the LaVarnway. We do, we're we doing it the LaVarnway here in Cincinnati. Uh, you know what? And I just looked up Real Amutos. Real His OPS Plus is 92. Now, I'm not saying that's bad, you know, but – it's not the 128 he did last year.
1: Yeah, yeah. I sure like so, to have him in Great American Ballpark, though.
0: Oh, I'd love to have him, but yeah.
1: you know. Um. So I don't think the Reds go at the trade deadline. Yeah, you know, again, maybe, but it's going to be a controllable guy. It's not going to be a, a rental for for two months uh, if they can get a catcher. Um, I would not be surprised to see them in the offseason, season, uh, presuming that Yasmani uh, Grandal hits the. Former Reds draft pick, Yasmani Grandal, hits the free agent market. the Reds make a big push to sign him. That wouldn't surprise me. But uh, I, don't, I don't necessarily see that being a huge priority to the trade deadline, but anything's on the table. RJ, at RJLUL, asks on Twitter.com slash Radio if you had to take a road trip across the USA, which Red currently on the roster would you want to travel with and why? And which former Red? Road trip across the USA... Which red currently on the roster would you want to travel with? My answer is, go ahead, who you got? Mine's Dietrich. Derek Dietrich, solid choice. Solid choice. My choice is probably. I
0: tell you what yours is.
1: Okay, tell me. I bet you're wrong.
0: Really? Votto.
1: No, I did consider Votto. I would love to just pick his brain all the way across America, but but no. Mine would be Eugenio Suarez. That guy, man, he's so much fun. I'm going to go for Gino.
0: And past Reds, Adam Dunn.
1: Adam Dunn. We both agree on that one. Man, Adam Dunn hitting every little uh, watering hole across the, the United States with Adam Dunn. Ooh,
0: that'd be and fun. he's big enough nobody's going to mess with you.
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Reds fan Chad at CDS62. Wait a minute. Reds fan ch- Chad. This is my burner account, I think.
0: I think it is. That's, is that Marty Brenneman talking on your account? I think so. How many downloads do you have of your video
1: podcast each week? Millions and millions of downloads of our video podcast. You should go watch our video podcast, hashtag viewer mail. All right, Bill, let's stick
0: a pin in this when you want to. One more thing, and I just saw this on Twitter today, and, and this kind of shocked me. And I, I've seen some numbers like this. Chris Welsh posted this on Twitter today. The Reds are fifth in the Major League Baseball in terms of TV ratings. Up 29% compared to last year.
1: You know, the Reds' attendance numbers are awful recently, but the TV numbers have remained
0: strong, haven't they? Even through this yep. swoon the last five years. Three what? of their top ten games this year have been this month on TV ratings.
1: You want know what that says to me? We've long talked about Reds' country and how it's sort of this expanded area that the Reds have to draw from to get good attendance. That tells me that if the Reds actually start winning, they're going to be able to get people back to the ballpark. There are still Reds fans out there. They're watching. They're just not coming to the ballpark.
0: It, it, but it says to me, and, and, I've, and I've, I've said this for years, putting every game on television hurts the money at the, th- it hurts the box office. To me, that's just common sense. Well, maybe but that's
1: what they said about radio as well. True, no, and that wasn't the case. But this is different. When you can sit in your living room, watch on a high definition screen, go to your own restroom, go to your own uh, frigidaire, my you're getting
0: all the all the all the replays, and you got the the strike box now, and
1: but and you get to listen to Chris Welsh.
0: Get to listen to our friend Chris. Yeah. What a great guy he is. Also, you get to listen to Tom, but you get to listen to Chris Welsh, who's fantastic. You get to listen to Chris. You have to listen to Tom. <laughs> This has been, been the one time I met Tom, he was very, very nice to my wife and I in the in the in the press box.
1: Very, very pleasant guy, uh, one-to-one. Absolutely. Um and his dad has been very, very good to me. So um how about we uh call this one a wrap? This is Red Leg Nation Radio, episode number two hundred and seventy-eight. He's Bill Lack at Bill Red Leg I'm Chad Dotson at Dotson C on Twitter. We're at Red Leg Radio. I say it every week. I'm not going to belabor the point because we've gone long once again. But uh, you can subscribe everywhere you find your podcast. We're there. Love your five star ratings and reviews. There have been some really funny reviews lately over there at uh, at iTunes. Keep keep leaving those. We're gonna at some point. We're gonna dig back into those and and read a few of them. Um, Bill, any other uh, parting thoughts for us? We'll see the tortugas next week. Seeing the tortugas, how exciting! Yes, it is. All right. For Bill Lack and Alex Wood, go get him Sunday. This Absolutely. Is, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or
0: through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.